Welcome back to It Was Murder, the number one heart-to-heart podcast in the world. And it is the second-ish episode of Heart Girl <laughs> Summer. Pew, second pew. episode. Pew, pew, pew. Uh, second, second Heart Girl <laughs> MB. Is it hard in here? Is it, or is it just MB? Mm. <laughs> yes, folks. Uh, we, of course, started off Heart Girl Summer with our goddess, Jennifer Hart. <laughs> and goddess. we have now moved... <laughs> Straight to the devil. <laughs> yeah. Uh, MB, who also, what I had her name. Um, Martha Bookley. Oh, I have it. Martha Bookley. Or is it Mavis Briansky? Or is it Maria Bonaventure? Uh-huh. Maria Bonaventure is the name that I had written down. <laughs> Bonaventure. Because I love that name. Also, there's a shot, an overhead shot of the Bonaventure Hotel at what? the beginning of the episode. Oh, interesting. <laughs> What, whatever her name, she's murder for hire. She is murder for hire. And I mean, aside from the fact that she failed at this one, I get the impression she's a good one. She's a good one to hire. Yeah. I want it to be like murder uh, bookie. Murder like bookie. <laughs> so it's MB. What? <laughs> like murder for hire. That would be MH. But MFH. That's, yeah. That's one of the mysterious things about Martha Mavis Maria, which is. <laughs> I love that her crazy alias is one of our favorite things and yes. our most discussed thing about her. <laughs> yeah. One of the most discussed things. But um, Nicholas Rhodes actually Again. says that it's always MB. <sighs> always all of MB. her aliases. So those yeah. aren't even all the aliases, but no. it's always MB. Yeah. So it makes me wonder why. That's such a weird detail to put in. It's and funny. it just makes me that much more intrigued yeah. if possible. It's a cool it's a MB. cool little detail of a character, particularly a villain, yeah. that that uh it's better undefined. Yeah. But we're going too deep. We are going we too deep. Even I haven't even told you begun. guys what this episode is about, yeah. listeners. I listeners. or who you are. Oh yeah. I'm are you the, are you maybe are you Maria? Are you Martha? I'm Martha Bonaventure. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. No, I'm uh, uh my name's Eric Bled and I'm your diehard romantic. And I'm your devoted lover, Elenito. And I'm Joe Garber, the Virgin Bronzer. <laughs> Man, <laughs> summer comes and we're everything's just out the window. It's just shifted. crazy. It's just too hot to keep to rules. Um <laughs> I'm really not a virgin anymore in heart to heart either. So Really no, yeah. you're not. So I'm the VB. <laughs> you're the VB. <laughs> Very brave. Well, you're definitely the person that comes up with the creepiest new name yeah. for yourself. Yeah, I'll true. give you that. The virgin birth. The virgin birth. <laughs> okay. Oh, so appropriate. All right. Stop. <laughs> for the nuns. And but the appropriate habit. for this episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. this is true. Um, oh my God, what's happening? Let me tell you why let's that's appropriate for this episode in okay, Minute Max. great. All right. Also, if any explosions go off in the background, we're sorry. It is 4th of July, uh, worst day of the year. Yeah, it is. Okay, season five, episode 12, Hearts on the Run. We open in Parking Garage, our favorite villain lair, uh, and Jennifer <laughs> witnesses a murder, and then she escapes because she's a badass, and she goes home, she calls the cops, the cops are like, dude, that was Nick Rhodes, not from Duran Duran, and uh, then they put <laughs> cops all around her, uh, and she still ends up getting shot at. So then uh, Jonathan <laughs> rolls rolls up a rug and puts it in a van, but then puts Jennifer in a trunk of the Rolls Royce. Uh, they escape to a convent where Jonathan's ex-girlfriend is Mother Superior. Uh, and we're not going to talk about that. And uh, there, Jennifer pretends to be a nun while Jonathan pretends to be a priest. Uh, and then our heart girl for this summer, <laughs> MB, shows up with her favorite knives and she is just in <laughs> awe of her knives and she doesn't know what contemplative means and she tries to kill Jennifer and then she ends up dying when she uh, jumps through a stained glass window uh, and then you know really there's a bomb <laughs> <laughs> you know really there's a bomb wow wow okay <clears throat> hearts on the run Jennifer witnesses a murder of a guy shooting another guy in a parking garage. She narrowly escapes with her life and without becoming a vehicular manslaughterer by running the guy <laughs> over. Uh, the police try to protect her, but there's just a guy setting up a sniper rifle on a hillside that they don't even see and almost shoots Jennifer. So Jonathan's like, we got to get her out of here, rolls her up in a rug and puts her in a van. And then the cops and the criminals chase the van. They find out that she's not even in there. Jonathan has secretly taken her to a convent where his ex-girlfriend from third grade works as the mother superior and a creepy... Uh, 
maintenance guy named Todd uh, sees Jennifer and sees her in the newspaper <laughs> and tells the Nick Rhodes that she's at the convent. So he brings on MB, Martha Bookley, to come act like a, a woman who needs help and goes to the convent and tries to murder Jennifer with a tiny dagger. And Jonathan runs in. He, she rips off her habit one piece by one piece and she throws herself through a stained glass window and <laughs> dies. And then they're at the trial and, the, and Nick Rhodes tries to get his lawyer to put a bomb in her room. But Jonathan throws it down a hallway and it explodes. And that's the end. <laughs> wow. Uh, again, <laughs> Joe just ruling the school. Sometimes even when I go last and I just actually hear the two of you describing exactly what happened when it comes around to me, I seriously can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. I have that same, I have that same problem. <laughs> memory it's so mysterious it is okay um what's it called again <laughs> hearts on the run hearts on the run hearts mm -hmm. on the run okay which sort of makes sense -ish. Does, do either of you ever like hear that title and to the tune of fox on the run yes uh, every time okay. <laughs> maybe fox in the snow everybody's nuns okay <laughs> all right hearts on the run here we go um, so Jennifer is just minding her own damn business at the end of the workday, and she goes down into the parking garage um, with her exciting season five mullety haircut, and um, <laughs> she witnesses a murder. Shit! Then she jumps in the car, she peels out, and she drives home. But this episode should actually be called "A Great Argument Against Bambi Plates" because they don't even bother chasing her out of the parking garage because they saw her Bambi license plate. He's like, "I got this." So then. <laughs> Uh, Jonathan and Jennifer call the police and then they basically kind of argue with the policeman who admittedly is kind of a dick, but they're also kind of like, you can't make her testify. She's not going to testify. It's like, it's called a subpoena, everybody. Why are the hearts suddenly pushing back so hard? And then the cop's like, you're going to do it anyway. And then Jonathan's like, no, we're not. We're going to go to a convent and there's going to be like a C. Buscemi-ish um, <laughs> junkie guy, Todd. There's going to be a lot of mayhem with that. There's going to be like a really, really nosy uh, nun. Like, she's not bad, but she's asked so many questions. And then like the mother superior is this beautiful mellow witty nun oh yeah and then mb who we're talking about i'll save it for later <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> nice nice we got a minute max from the sister family playhouse <laughs> yay yay we missed them all right all right here we go the Sisler Family Playhouse proudly reopens its doors with Hearts on the Run. Jennifer Hart walks through a parking garage. I mean, what could possibly go wrong there? She witnesses a murder pulled <laughs> off by the keyboardist from Duran Duran. No, darling, uh -oh. Rod Nick Rhodes. Oh, yeah. At least Finus says everything will be fine. However, the, the hearts ain't falling for that, that bitch. bitch. Jonathan hides yeah. Jennifer with the help of a childhood friend. Damn it, John. I'm a nun, not a doctor. Pulaski. Godfather Duran Duran discovers Jennifer's location. He unleashes his secret weapon. Martha, Martha, Martha. Martha, Martha. Martha. Martha and Jennifer engage in a battle royale and spawn a whole new video series. Nuns gone wild. Jonathan and Jennifer need to release some tension. Robert Wagner and Stephanie Power star in the Thornbirds 2, filmed in IMAX. We, we wish. wish. Godfather Duran Duran tries to blow up the hearts, but ends up blowing up his own case. Jonathan and Jennifer invite Sister Janet and her charges to Hard House. After 20 minutes, Sister Janet locks the hearts in a confessional till the start of Chain Reaction Season 2. Good night, Papuga. Papuga. The end. end. Yay. Yay. Wow. Thank you, Sislers. Thank you so much, Bill and Jenny. That was great. Awesome. I miss them Thank so you. much. Yes, we have missed that terribly. Oh, so great to hear them again. MB. I, yeah, we need to dive right into mb well this episode it, i was shocked on the rewatch how little mb is in it she's only in it for like 10 minutes i was also like well this episode for a heart to heart episode kind of has a lot of scope like it it goes a lot of places it's yeah a, it feels like a long episode and i don't mean that in a in a negative draggy way but they really like she comes at the perfect time like she comes at yes. the perfect time for a for a climax of this episode mm -hmm. But she was I, only in it for a few minutes. I yeah. was I was so surprised because she takes over in my memory, obviously. Well, the power of a crazy character and a a, a really unexpected performance. I yes. mean, the <laughs> I just don't even know where to start. There's so many things to say about MB. MB is one of the ultimate villains, not just the ultimate heart girl but ultimate villains in my opinion because that performance is just perfect yes i mean she is bullshitting nuns <laughs> yeah 
right off the bat she <laughs> is just like marches up there fake tears like mm. even worse fake domestic violence situation yeah um and just gets in pulls one over on the nuns and then we're off to the races but what i love most yes. is really like that's pretty bad but i guess maybe i'm amoral because i wasn't really registering that as particularly bad behavior <laughs> <laughs> but then she gets into her room after like hoodwinking the nuns uh -huh. hoodwinking the nuns hoodwinking the mother superior um and then she's in her room and then we experience the reality of mb mm -hmm. working girl the hardest killing hit woman this is the best and most villainous <laughs> part Coast. to me is that mm -hmm. she unzips her jacket and there's a gun <laughs> and a little tiny dagger and she pulls the gun out considers for a minute and then chooses the dagger over I, the gun that is one of the best like that yes. just says so much about mb yes and it says so much about <laughs> the pride she takes in her job uh, <laughs> she wants it to be bloody and it's crazy which we respect yeah it's oh absolutely <laughs> i'm i'm curious though what are your thoughts on like do you think that she chose the dagger because of the mark or was it just like it's Tuesday, it's dagger day? I think it's more like she she looks down at it, she almost licks the knife and then her head goes back rolling in laughter. I think she's thinking about the last time she murdered somebody with a knife. Oh, my God. Like, is like, oh, I yeah. want to do that again. That's that was so fun. good. I, it, it's so such a and especially for heart to heart. Well, not not necessarily, but there's a lot of psychosexual situations and villains sprinkled throughout yes. the, the series but mm -hmm. this is one of the most overt moments where mb is basically just like she almost goes down on that dagger it's she like her yeah. mouth is yes. open and she she holds her mouth open mm -hmm. just in every scene where she's like thinking about the kill mm -hmm. like her lips are parted it's it's wild. I mean, it's really wild for heart to heart. Particularly yes. in this, it's real. It's kind of wild for anything. <laughs> for I mean, anything, it's, it's it's wild. Period. But the, particularly the scene where she is in the chapel uh, after the nuns leave, she's preparing to to complete her task, and she just is mouth breathing and like the oh, the, yeah. look, so the look uh -huh. the lustful look in her eyes is so. Yeah crazy yes it's wonderful and then I, oh, yeah. she's so cool <laughs> after the attack also i don't think i noticed the first time we watched this after she stabs at jennifer jennifer sees the shadow and avoids getting stabbed in the back of the head yeah and then she the way it's shot is from like really far above and jennifer kind of falls on the ground and then mb is over her like a ghoul like just monster claws out clawing at her she doesn't even go for the knife again she just wants to like make her suffer the way she attacks jennifer mm -hmm. after that is so bizarre so good and you know we we talked a lot about her ripping the pieces of the habit off one by one like some symbol symbolic weird like innocence it being is, torn away it's, or it's, something it's, so de it's defrocking a nun uh -huh. i mean that's that's really crazy like the <laughs> I think when she's like, Eric, you were like, does she, is she just looking at the gun? And it's like, it's, you know, it's revolver Tuesday, or is it <laughs> tiny dagger Friday? You know, I, for me, I think it's situ it's multiple things. Like in my head, it's situational, which you would do as a professional, like a gunshot in a convent. True. People might notice. I mean, and I didn't see a silencer. Right. So mm -hmm. she doesn't seem like a silencer kind of a gal, no. but the guns just kind of like, eh, it's not right. But I think there's also something for people and their potential relationship to religion or control or authority mm -hmm. or virtue in the case of MB. Like all of those things, I think, really make going hand to hand and doing a close kill. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and also it's very symbolic to let somebody's blood uh, on, Get on your hands. sacred yeah. ground. I mean, that's really intense. <laughs> and so I see like the... Jennifer's crawling on her stomach mm. with this, this assassin on top of her who's just toying with her while she screams yeah. and uh, tries to get away. She's like pinned her down, leaves her just enough uh, movement opportunity to, just to be crawling along on her elbows. And then she, she just rips one piece off at a time. I don't know what all the different names like of the associated vestments for the hat with the habit or whatever, which is like one. <laughs> yeah. There's, going to yeah. three i mean yeah 
that's that a lot that attack also uh really made me think of the (laughs) the final battle in the original friday the 13th between pamela voorhees and and our first final girl amy Amy? i can't remember her name i'm sorry i'm a bad Mm. fan uh, but there's they when they are on the beach uh, and uh-huh. Pam- mm. Pamela is suddenly like, that was my son. I'm going to kill you, bitch. Uh, uh-huh. When they start mm-hmm. fighting hand to hand, they are on the ground and Pamela is on. T- it's either Pamela on top of her or the final girl is on top of Pamela, grabs her head and repeatedly slams it into the ground, oh, <laughs> into the sand. Uh-huh. Um, but it's like it's a it's such a it was such a similar blocking like the it just looked like they referenced it visually yeah uh, for this for this scene. <laughs> maybe they did they, yeah. it's quite possible i mean it was a it was a huge hit three through four years earlier so yeah i mean it's uh, i again though it's it is i think i think in heart to heart it's the greatest attempted murder uh-huh. well there's been so uh-huh. there's so many what about the snake oh that's not attempted. I guess that worked. No, the that snake happened. In the that music was a murder. The snake yeah. <laughs> success, success. Yeah. No, but like as far as attempted, attempted murders, murders go, this one it has the most unhinged. It creates a villain that you within. I think it, it takes thirty seconds to make us believe that this woman is absolutely the most dangerous human being on earth. Yeah. And then we get. Uh, that little bit of suspense in the chapel when the nuns are leaving and she is there and she's smiling at them as they leave. And then that lustful look, mouth breathing and all. Mm-hmm. And then I also forgot she throws herself through the stained glass window sure does. and screams mm-hmm. into the night like a, <laughs> like a werewolf and then slams into a statue or curb and dies. But I thought in my mind it was like Jonathan pushes her away and she goes flying or something that like she was pushed through that window. But she th- hurls herself through that window, which is just like she dives through it like a wolf. Yeah, yeah she does. <laughs> Bonkers. I mean, it's the scream is the part that yeah. I would. It's not a rewrite, but if there wasn't a scream, <laughs> it would be more intense for me. I always thought like the scream. Just, I thought the scream was. Is the it nuns. a nun outs? Yeah, because oh, they show sister, not Janet, but the other one, the the other nun, Big that, Mouth Mary. Yes, <laughs> Sister Mary. Oh, yeah. inquisitive Mary, Mary, what's with all the questions? Yeah, <laughs> Make, you're ruining dinner. Eat, eat your fucking quinoa, Mary. <laughs> yeah, eat your quinoa salad. Yeah, I think it's her. They do cut to her, and she's she's. Uh, yeah, she does the like hands up to the mouth thing, and what is that called? Genuflex. Oh, okay, so it's those are nun screams. Okay, that that makes it better for me then. Nun oh, I don't. Screams. No, I thought it was. No, I thought it was MB's scream. I, that, in my mind, it's she's howling. I like, like a that wolf. a lot more. Yeah, she's just like. <laughs> Uh, I thought it was her scream, but I like the idea that it's Big Mouth Mary screaming instead because they are standing right outside for whatever reason. (laughs) They're just hanging out. Yeah. Um, Yet they didn't hear any of the commotion in the chapel. Or maybe they were hanging out because they were like, ooh, what's going on in the chapel? (laughs) I mean, Jonathan's not hearing uh, Jennifer screaming um, until like MB has enough time to basically pull her whole habit off. True. So what's the deal? I haven't been to a convent clearly, so I'm not sure if there's <laughs> that was, something uh, about sound or maybe compressed time really soundproof reactions or everybody's so <laughs> drunk on the blood of Christ or whatever. I don't know. Delayed reaction. One times. of my questions for you two is: Have either of you ever scandalized an entire convent? Because <laughs> that's what Mother Superior says. We're going to scandalize the entire convent. I I have not. Uh, Ellen, have you ever scandalized a convent? Not that I am aware of. I don't think the I've closest... ever been in the presence of a nun, like a fully uh, a fully habited nun. Yeah, I can't. I don't think mm. I really have. Either. I have. They seem rarer since the eighties. Yeah. For some reason, um, if I've if I've met a nun or been in the presence of a nun, it's been a plain clothes nun. It's like white dog poop. <laughs> and there, and there's plain clothes nuns. There are. Oh, of course. Yeah. Um, Sneaking up on people. Wait, before, when before I was but, in college. Maybe. Oh, okay. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Joe. I thought you no. wanted to know if we'd been around nuns. Ellen has no, that was Eric's Ellen question. Has, I misunderstanding that? No, Ellen I was going to tell about when I scandalized a convent. I'll tell it afterwards. <laughs> oh, no, go ahead. <laughs> it's just like I was just walking around a Mormon temple. This is the closest I've been in like bright blue capris and a very gay floral shirt. <laughs> and they were, everyone was like staring daggers at me. It was kind of scary to be there in Utah, in Salt Lake City. Ooh. 
That's the closest I've been to scandalizing a convent. For me, I'm not a fan of capris on men, and I don't mean for people to be overly warm during, you know, mm-hmm. sunny months. But there's something about the silhouette that I'm not a fan of. I had a phase, and I don't do it anymore. I would never do it again, Ellen. But it doesn't work for <laughs> it doesn't work for everyone, regardless no. of of gender identity. I think it's a tough. It's a tough. You it gotta is, get it just right. But kind of all kind of all pants are capris on me a little bit. That's and it the was thing. A time, during a time when it was just That's like true. I just embraced it, but. What tell say, what was the story you were? Well, after that, I mean, who gives a fuck, right? Um. <laughs> have you been around a nun though? Interacted with like a nun in a full like, habit? What do you need? <laughs> like, like, have you ever spoken to a nun in a full habit? Like, have I like gone on the road with a nun? <laughs> yeah, like, have after, you ever had an uh, adventure with a nun? <laughs> a crazy bank robbery or something? Yeah, have you ever no, uh, something wilded with little... a nun? Not yet. <laughs> I mean, never say never. <laughs> I, I've never, well, I can say never about this. I've never really had much direct interaction with um, Catholic church stuff in oh, terms yeah. of just being physically in a Catholic church or a Catholic school or anything like that. My mm-hmm. cousins are, were raised Catholic. So that is the closest I know. One time, because my parents were like, go discover, like try all the religions or whatever. So uh-huh. one time I went to a Catholic mass and that was interesting and i guess i've gone and looked at a lot of um artistically significant or historically significant catholic churches i'm just talking myself back out of what i said in college the jesuit private college that was on the other end of town from my not jesuit uh private college they would we would go to their dances sometimes because they served (laughs) wine like free wine and Uh, um, that seems like really weird at this point but free wine at the college dance and it was served by nuns so oh. it kind of had like a weird like body of christ vibe but by that time i was usually so drunk it didn't matter right <laughs> like i wasn't picking up on it You're it so didn't convert the, me the Holy but it's nice of them to be there serving wine but also i wonder if it was like a residual thing where they know that if you have nuns in full habit at a dance pe- some people are going to be really triggered in a way that makes them not do stuff yeah. But the kids from my college weren't like that. We were so clearly just all there uh, coming in one car to drink free wine. <sighs> drink the yep. free wine. That's, Our campus was dry. That's wild that nuns oh, would serve right. wine. Nuns don't drink, right? As part of their rules. Their I little don't know rules what that the they rules do. are with nuns. Um, I'm sure they can drink. I, I mean, I, my knowledge it's part of, of communion. <laughs> my knowledge of clergy is entirely. 100% from movies from the 1980s. Yeah. So <laughs> I've seen plenty. So like the Omen. And the, and the 70s. Mm-hmm. Yes. The Exorcist. <laughs> the Exorcist. Exorcist. So yeah. I, uh, as far as I know, priests get drunk uh, frequently. Oh, yeah. That's like, uh, yeah, that's a different. I think they're allowed in some. I mean, I sex. learned that from Fleabag. So. Yeah, totally. Oh, yeah. My I, mom, I th- I'm sure I told this in the last time we talked about this episode, but my mom did cartwheel. She went to Catholic school and she did cartwheels down the aisle whatever you call it the, the pew aisle <laughs> whatever aisle. that's called and she got like slapped <laughs> by a, a nun and told that she was going to hell for that and since then she has not been back and she was just on a big cruise with my dad in europe and they went to rome and she refused to go to the vatican because she was just like no fuck them like right. i'm not doing that like it sucks <laughs> that sucks that they like traumatized her so bad for whatever that specific nun was like taking out on my mom or like the Catholic guilt thing. So I've been kept away from Catholicism my whole life, I think because of that one moment, basically it was my mom's MB moment in the church. (laughs) I mean, I think it's, it's for me, it's, I think it's worth noting that there are many, many circumstances that draw people to serve in such a dedicated capacity as monks and nuns. Mm -hmm. And then of course, priests and all kinds of clergy, but yeah. there's so many different kinds of orders, you know, spanning all different religions that use that model, you know, where mm-hmm. people are living in a group situation or functioning as as a body towards these various goals. And the goals of all these orders are so varied. I find that really fascinating. Mm-hmm. Like I read an article about these, uh, like martial arts uh, nuns. Anyways, whatever. But <laughs> Um, clearly this order is just like, you know, they're like, we're contemplative so that we can talk. Um, we're not like those monks in all the other heart to heart episodes that are always are the vow of silence monks, but yeah, I I feel like the witty, witty Janet 
is kind of an exceptional mother superior. She is the yes. superior mother superior. Yeah, she's she rad. I would hang out with her. She seems cool. Janet, who only the year previous murdered her husband with dog attack juice. Oh, is that the and same? Hearts on the scent. Really? Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> I saw her when she showed up. I was like, your blue eyes yeah. are so crazy and you're so pretty. How do I know yeah. you? She has a Jodie Foster thing about her, like a vibe and energy. She sort gives of. me, she gives Charlotte Rampling to me. Oh, I love um, that. Yeah. Mm. She's like a Which Jody is never Charlotte bad. baby. I feel like the way she looks reminds me of Donna Reed. Oh, really? Huh. Oh. Mm-hmm. It's those cheekbones. I mean, they're devastating. She really, yeah. like everything, she's really the whole package. Also, yeah. <laughs> it's I mean, true. Jennifer Hart also looked stunning in a habit with those cheekbones, too. And like... her name is Diana Muldar. Okay. In the episode. No, oh, that's her. That's the actress's name is Diana Muldar. Looked her up before. Yes, we've for, seen her yeah, IMDb photo kind so of much. Mesmerized I by just her up. every time. <laughs> a contemplative order that Bonus MD doesn't know. Somewhere. It's a religious order whose members are devoted to prayer rather than works. So. Oh, that's sweet. That's what a I'll contemplative go. order it is. A, I, <laughs> can I get a contemplative job? <laughs> yeah, they prioritize worship and prayer over economic or outreach activity. That's so yeah. interesting. Fuck them kids. <laughs> yeah. They're, know, just, the they're just like creating an energy funnel. And they tell <laughs> MB, think we don't yeah. help people. We're contemplative. We're not for helping people. That's, that's pretty really, rad. I really love it. funny. <laughs> Really interesting. That's good though. That's a necessary. That's yeah. a necessary part of any organization. It's I mean, a think tank. It, it takes all <laughs> kinds of nuns. Like you can't have not all nuns can be like helping children and whatever. Can you imagine how many nuns would be just running rampant through the streets? <laughs> that would be really interesting. <laughs> Looks wise. Um, <laughs> like did hiss, you notice that? At you from dark corners. Jennifer wears a clear lip gloss that I can only think must be called nun. <laughs> One or something like that. Nine one. Sheen. Yeah. It's your con- contemplative clear gloss. Uh-huh. Like, Holy glow. It's very distinctive because she's usually got a, a colored lip almost yeah. always. Mm. But when they're like cruising the grounds uh, in their <laughs> Catholic Halloween costumes, she has a noticeably lovely uh, clear lip. It's it's Revlon's wet really nun. <laughs> yeah. Mm. I wonder if nuns wear makeup. I highly doubt it. That seems so earthly. <laughs> seems overly earthly. <laughs> I huh. think it probably just depends because yeah. there's all different yeah, points this, on the spectrum. This is yeah. true. Can nuns wear bras is another thing that's <laughs> oh often looked up. <laughs> Jesus. Um, I, yeah. Anyways, I, I guess do... we're not talking about the nuns. We're talking about MB. Well, I, yeah. <laughs> and I do have a rewrite for the episode, but uh. I don't think that you could ever do it. Tell me if you think this could be done in a heart to heart episode without making Jonathan seem like a murderer where he's at the end. <laughs> he is a murderer. Yeah. So, several yeah, times the, over. <laughs> Heartland Express. He just murdered a guy. A self-defense kind of murderer. Right. That's says. the thing. So I think what would be really <laughs> funny is if in the end, since also Todd doesn't get any comeuppance for his horrible he does oh what happens to todd he he goes to jail but oh. they he goes yeah. to jail but they, but they let him the sentence it's like off screen sort of it is they let him this okay this is the part that i always that i got hung up on before and i'm hung up on again he donates the money that he received from nick rhodes right. for fingering jennifer $100,000. He donates it to Yeah, to well to the convent. Yeah. And for that he gets a reduced sentence. That money would be evidence. It would never go back to the guy. No. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> for him to do with yeah, what he, he pleases. Right. That's, that's that not a clean exchange of no. goods and services. Definitely um, not. But it's like what the f- <laughs> What I love about that that scene, I don't get hung up on that because I love that croquet's back. Mm. Just when you think the Hawaiian uh, championship yeah. is like one of just the few times that the hearts really acknowledge croquet, big up to croquet. <laughs> yeah, that croquet appears twice in this episode. Uh-huh. The first one when the hearts are like, "We'll show you incredibly dangerous and terrifying hitmen yeah. by going outside." <laughs> And playing croquet <laughs> so that you can shoot at us from a cherry picker or your car or whatever, because both those things happen. But what I love about the revisitation 
of croquet, celebration of croquet, if you will, <laughs> is that it's a bunch of nuns in the Hearts yard with uh, Mother Superior Janet and the Hearts. Everybody's there, but over um, their right shoulders, displayed yes. Yes. on like the <laughs> I love this. garage or whatever, is a banner that says Convent Croquet Classic. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I guess it's. Must be a new thing, obviously, because Jennifer d didn't know Janet. Uh -huh. But right. the idea that there was the potential, if Heart to Heart continued on, for there to be another murderous incident at, yeah. at the <laughs> annual <laughs> Convent Croquet Classic, one of the greatest uses of alliteration, at fundraising, and nuns <laughs> ever? Yes. Come this... on. Yeah, name another alliterative nun event. <laughs> I'll wait. <laughs> This isn't spoken <laughs> at all in the episode. What I gather from just the heart to hearts general activity is that at the beginning they had to practice for the croquet championships that they were throwing, which then they turned into the nun <laughs> convent croquet championship by because of their activity at this convent. And like none of that's spoken to us though, so it's just this weird croquet thing that's happening during the episode that isn't explained which at all. just looks great by the way it's yeah. anytime you see a bunch of nuns like playing a game yeah they're it's always so funny and wonderful Delightful. it was nuns akimbo on that nuns akimbo patch <laughs> what do you call a croquet field uh they were going all over the place a but mallet. back to my rewrite <laughs> yes at the end okay. nicholas rhodes is just allowed into jennifer's waiting room at the trial with his lawyer for some reason with Which no police ridiculous. oversight whatsoever they leave a little bank bag that's a bomb and they're going to try to kill one last attempt at killing jennifer what i wish had happened here is that todd had come into the room after them or didn't know about this plan at all and then jonathan Todd says, like, sorry, whatever he would say. And then Jonathan's like, oh, they forgot their bag. Here you go. And then he takes that bag back to the room where Rhodes and the lawyer are waiting. And then that room explodes and kills all three of them. So, like, either Jonathan's aware it's a bomb or not aware. He gives it to Todd anyways to take back. And then Todd gets, that's his comeuppance for leaking all this. And then they all just get blown up. And I think that would have been so much more, more satisfying ending. <laughs> if I may piggyback on your on yes. your rewrite yes is there a group of orphans in the room with i say no <laughs> no i save the orphans for you uh i say that what happens is we get to we get to the conference room that uh jennifer and nick rhodes are allowed to be in alone yeah, together yeah. which is absolutely ludicrous <laughs> and then todd comes in mm -hmm. and says i have had such a change of heart i'm testifying as well get the fuck out of here yeah. And they all leave the room. And then Todd says, oh, you forgot your bag. And then Todd explodes. Todd just Todd. <laughs> and that's Todd. it. <laughs> and then, wow. they're, then they're all covered in Todd viscera. Yeah. And Jonathan still turns to Nick Rhodes and says, well, <laughs> you blew it. <laughs> you blew it. <laughs> wow. Um, Joe, I feel like it's worth noting that there are two orphans in this episode that we're made aware of, which is Janet and Jonathan. Oh. Oh, yeah. That's Jonathan's right. an orphan. Yeah. I always forget um, that Jonathan's an orphan. And Janet's the mother superior, right? Just, you know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And they were together in third grade. Mm -hmm. Orphan love. They met at the <laughs> orphanage. Wow. Which seems just crazy and very 1802 or something. But <laughs> I don't know Dickens, why I say Dickensian. that because parent, <laughs> yeah. parents continue to die. And they uh, also, time, they, do, they explain so, Jonathan's, uh, how he made money to electronics, real estate, and then banking or investments or something. And oh yeah, like, it's season five. They're like, oh, God, yeah, whatever. we got to explain this guy. Yeah, uh, electronics. <laughs> if you're still asking these questions, you really should watch it. You should watch Scarecrow and Mrs. King. Jonathan invented those little robot banks at Radio Shack that eat your coins. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's how he made his money. Transistors. It's transistors. Transistors. Um, the sorry, I'm all like hardline, hardline on it. The I'm glad you brought up that scene though because it brings up one of my favorite things about this episode which is that it is clearly an entire episode built around a duran duran in joke of some kind because <laughs> uh -huh. not only is this man who is like you know jockeying for dominance in this coastal whatever mafia under you know whatever they call that what's yeah, it called yeah uh organized crime organized crime um yeah. 
So Nicholas is named Nicholas Rhodes, which is hilarious to me. But <laughs> this viewing, I actually caught that one of the men of the hench yes. of hench is named Rio. <laughs> oh wow! And he specifically says, "Don't you know, something like don't give me that look, Rio." Yep. And it, and I was just like, "Oh my god!" Wow. Like my head became the exploding smiley face emoji. I the stained glass that <laughs> then came back to life and was again super. Uh, excited every time somebody referred to Nick Rhodes. That's amazing. It's just really like good. in real life. I love that. It's really, really good. That's uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so how do we dig into that? How do we find out who the Duran Duran super fan uh, did? Did is? Don Ruse write this episode? <laughs> uh, no. You wish. I do. Um, <laughs> why is that guy being charged in the municipal courthouse? <laughs> There's yeah, I don't know. But why why did a municipal museum have the, the Sphinx or whatever? Like what's <laughs> it's well, all a municipal museum can have a Sphinx, but I'm gonna charge under like organized crime people in municipal court. But um I feel like as much as I have feigned enjoyment of your rewrites which is as you know just more about me and certainly no statement about the quality or cleverness of both of those things because right. they're funny right. but i appreciate the fact that that whole extra part is just bonus bomb it it's is bonus yeah bomb. totally yeah it's just like that does not need to be there at all absolutely none of that has to happen totally yeah that's like, like she doesn't actually have to go to court we don't have to see any of it uh -uh. nothing zero we could just jump right to a uh, convent croquet classic convent call croquet it a classic. day totally but bonus bomb happens <laughs> the ccc and i have to say even though there are some things that then it's like oh they wouldn't do that they wouldn't do that they didn't do that but I, in my mind i'm happy because it's just bonus bomb yeah i would i do wish sort of that mb had gotten away from the first attack to do a second follow-up attack like i i now that she's so right permanently in my brain for being the star of this episode i wish i do wish there was more mb time of her like i wish that she was the final villain like like peggy on the rooftop sort of situation i want a prequel series about MB. About MB. <laughs> I want at least like six her, episodes of six of her best kills. Her and Eve should <laughs> right. get together. And I was reminded of Eve Ooh. when the all the cameras there, and I was thinking of the the microphone. Of the microphone gun. Yes, which is incredible. <laughs> but uh, MB and Eve need to team up on a job and do and yeah, do a uh, multiple hit. It's true, MB. That's just when we're 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 left wanting more. Maybe it was just like too sinister, just too, yeah. too sinister because it is very, very dark Yes, and so well done, but mm. maybe it's symbolic. Like you can't, you cannot come for nuns, even fake ones. Yeah. You cannot come for nuns. You should not be killing people. You probably, in the shouldn't. Sanctuary. <laughs> like, you probably shouldn't be I mean, ripping I feel nun like habits it's just, off. It's just just like there's no sex in the champagne like, room. Actually, no. Yeah. Yeah, you have to pay for what you've done, MB. You have lived a sordid life. Yes. Um, yeah. But I'm I'm just fascinated with looking at that actress's face, like uh -huh. the way she looks, her hair, everything about her features just defines a certain um, beauty standard that was really popping right around then. Like mm -hmm. I didn't, I haven't looked into that actress. To me, if she wasn't like a superstar model before this, I would be surprised. She, she very much has a look of kind of a specific European model type look. She doesn't even have model. a photo on IMDb. It's really interesting. She doesn't. She she, she really didn't do Buckaroo Banzai. Yeah, she's she was a mostly a television character actress. Like she she was wow. she would have been like victim number three on SVU or something. Yeah, she's hmm. not in a lot of stuff. But yeah, like Cagney and Lacey. And, Which is shocking. Um, she's so good in this. Even when she's just crying at the beginning when talking to Janet. And it's like, you, I believe her, even though I know she's a, a, an assassin. Yeah. She's so good at that, at acting. So. Her look, you know what she, who she looked like to me is the killer in Still of the Night, uh, Sarah Botsford. Really? Yeah. They have a similar, huh, to, to me, they had a similar facial structure. Oh, yeah. I can see that. Yeah, totally. It's like a 70s look. More, look. more so in, more, more so Sarah Botsford in Legal Eagles when she had the like 
puffy hair uh, <laughs> and not the slick back i'm killing you i thought well, you were gonna talk it's... about um what's the movie with uh jeff goldblum and michelle pfeiffer into the night into the night wait because it was really interesting did that come out before or after this episode after because at the beginning the color the brightly colored garage wall and the people killing each other and then her running oh, through yeah. the garage like it's so that sh- scene is it so really similar is. it is and it's like i thought one was maybe referencing the other but maybe just parking garages had brightly colored walls back then parking garages were places where nefarious activities took place yeah, yeah. parking garage nothing good's happening in the parking garage no. i think that's established mm. which really is that fair because so much of the time parking garages are just doing what they're supposed to do really they're they're getting yeah. a bad they're being demonized in media yes <laughs> yes stop demonizing parking garages true. and francine yeah. francine Lemby and, is another the, campaign added to our platform yes francine M- mb francine played by francine Lemby. francine Lemby, if you're out there i hope you're okay <laughs> it adventures of buckaroo bonsai across the eighth dimension remington steel and the knight riders what she's Which known for Yay, Remington Steel. Mm-hmm. Well, is it time? For Pick Your Pug. And I start. Yes, you do. <laughs> what is this? It's Rio. Oh, <laughs> Rio. <laughs> oh, the lyrics have to start for me to know what there, the hell I it picked is. the instrumental and I was like, it's going to take too long to get to the chorus. <laughs> His Jesus. name is Rio and he's got a blonde mustache. <laughs> That's it's the brunette strange. guy. The brunette guy's Rio. Oh, I thought he was. The, I thought it was the blonde guy. Uh oh. It's shit. the shorter brunette. Then why are the lyrics blonde mustache? It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Way to fuck up my poke, Ellen. Oh, <laughs> Sorry, no. but that was amazing. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that he just—that's how Nick Rhodes gets anything done. He just threatens to kill people, and both men yeah. of Hench were just threatened to kill. Honestly, um, though, this there this is kind of a pokeless episode for me. Yeah, it's that's not real. I found the blonde one a little argumentative in terms of men of Hench, where it's like, why are you pushing back? He had like too an much angry com- dad or something. Yeah, too much <laughs> confidence to talk back to Nick Rhodes. Mm, just yeah. like a little whiny little angry dad where it's just like go get another job dude like you this isn't is this it is this all there is yeah he needs to be put in his place you want to be the boss Uh, go be the boss mine is kind of unenthusiastically like the cop that makes the guy unroll the carpet for the second time i don't know he's handsome i guess whatever oh the poor carpet guy i know so sad (laughs) i love that section though where they fake everybody out because i was faked out too even i've seen the episode i was like oh they're just gonna put her in a rug i don't really remember that but okay i guess that's how they're getting her out it's of the really house good and then it's well done yeah it's yeah. really smart it's mm-hmm. it's a great like use of of editing and and it's yeah it's clever because mm-hmm. yeah they have jennifer say like if you suffocate me i'll kill you or yeah totally <laughs> do they actually refer to that carpet maybe i heard it wrong is it a do they say it's a 16th century carpet <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember that either. Okay. 16th either way. And they, no matter what. They unroll it in like so a puddle of tar. Throw it in the back of a van. Yeah. And unroll into a well, I mean, puddle of tar a on the street. carpet is a thing of joy and beauty. Sadly, not forever. So for me, I feel that guy's pain when they... Mm. Uh, like throw the carpet down and unroll it not once but twice, twice. because then it's all the streets all wet like it's you mean traumatizing cody for me of cody's rug detailing <laughs> that's who i mean exactly yeah. in his jumpsuit i feel like i want to send him a card or something like i'm so sorry yeah with sympathy is yeah, your that's... poke mb's dagger oh yeah you do have to poke ellen <laughs> oh it's gotta be mb yeah i mean mb's scary unquestionably the hottest thing happening in this episode this is true um yeah it's a a performance that i feel like it could have gone camp so easily Mm -hmm. um like that's considering the place that this performance happens like all of the things it's a really yeah subtle performance it's just far enough yeah totally i agree yeah in the right ways there's pathos uh i'm gonna look up our former ratings for this real quick because oh. i 
Um, I had, <laughs> I thought this episode was weirdly great this time, like really <laughs> impressive. Uh, yeah, it, it, uh, went along at a good pace. It was like, there was enough, it, w- it covered a lot, but there was enough to keep it interesting. Yeah. It's, I, again, like the scope of it and the episodic nature of it, uh-huh. like every, it, it really worked. Like just, we start in one place. We get a whole bit of information from this one place. We go to the next place. We get a whole other story. Yeah. Then we get in the middle, this like subterfuge with the rug. And then we go to a convent Mm -hmm. and then there's this murder attempt. And then we go to the courthouse. It's like a lot for one episode of television. Totally. Um, And I'm happy to see that we all gave this episode five hearts. Oh, it's a heart uh, of gold. Originally. Mm. So it is, it is a a canonical heart of gold. Of course. (laughs) How could it not be with that scene in the church? I mean, that would be, I would be, that's so good. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And Todd. (laughs) <laughs> I was thinking about, you know, the Christopher Todd. Walken. Is that who you equated him to in your minute? Steve Mac? Buscemi. Steve Buscemi. Yeah. That, <laughs> I was thinking about the actor who played Todd. Uh, and I looked him up, but I can't remember his name right now. And, and how, you know, like people who look in like that get these roles of being creeps and how they feel. Todd Holmby. Oh, Jonathan. John Davis Chandler is his real name. And just like how it feels to get roles like that, like it just must feel strange to get like these creepy guy roles all the time. But you got to work, I guess. And I, yeah, I think I think people who want to act, they um, know that about themselves. One hundred percent capitalize on on themselves, whether their look is creepy, right, or whatever. Like, uh, I'm sorry, one of my other favorite podcasts uh, with Gorley and Rust. Both of them are actors. Both of them are. Uh, comic actors and writers. <laughs> Are they saying creepy looking dudes? <laughs> I don't think they're creepy looking dudes, but Matt no. Gorley has said on the podcast that the only roles he gets are creeps. Yeah. Well, Paul Russ broke out of that a little bit with love. I don't know who that is. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's. Uh, <laughs> I did want to bring up though that John... <laughs> no surprises there. Oh, we're a big shock. Uh, John Davis Chandler is in a movie called Adventures in Babysitting. Oh. That oh, we... A little, little something called Adventures in Babysitting. Believe it or not. We may just dis- we may discuss at some point. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I believe that wholeheartedly. I believe we will. Yet I have neutral feelings about it. I believe, um, that but I know our... some of us don't. Yeah, the, I have the, some. I have some feelings about it. The train of chain reaction is hurling along the tracks towards adventure babysitting and also <laughs> ET. Oh God! <laughs> just, just so not the point. Of reaction. <laughs> or if it was murder, or if. <laughs> To guide Anything, the ship. really. E.T.'s dumb, Joe, and uh, <laughs> you can make me watch it again. I'm still, it's still going to be, unless they've changed the entire movie um, from <laughs> they tone, did. Yeah, all of it, I'm it's just going to think it's stupid. In so. 2001, they added uh, a CG Job of the Hut to the background of every shot. <laughs> that was certainly one surprise me, given the fate of so many other movies mm. that, that, you know, may or may not have been stupid or in other cases, perfect before being fucked with. Yeah. So just let it have the same name. Nobody yeah. believes that this was a pre-existing arc, okay? Nobody believes it. I'm yeah. now imagining an E.T. poster, but it says MB, and it's just a, a finger touching the tip of a dagger. <laughs> MB. <laughs> will it still be as hideous as the poster for E.T., which is horrible? Yes, it will. Mm. Okay. Uh, I don't like, I don't, I don't want yeah. to talk about ET anymore <laughs> ever again, honestly. <laughs> well, speaking of the, I mean, this is a fully. Well, tangent, imagine how I feel. The CGness of like new reboots and stuff, the Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. Are you going to stop recording? No. Oh, I thought you were going to stop recording. So it's so far in a tangent. We saw the new Indiana Jones we yesterday, did. and it was surprisingly pretty good. It was oh, like that's nice. I really enjoyed it. It kind of had some of the magic, except for for me, the entire intro of his CG face Harrison Ford. The CG they, face Harrison Ford is very disturbing. They were overconfident about how well that was working and tried to show his face as much as possible. And it's like you can really tell it's CG and I don't know. There is a, there is a point of interest with it, though, uh, that Ellen, I think you will you'll catch if you do watch this movie, which I, I recommend. They apparently did his face <laughs> um, with the help of AI and like this yeah. catalog of his performances. Yeah. Um, which is evident. 
And there are a couple of scenes where he does these movements, these motions that are directly from Raiders of the Lost Ark, Temple of Doom, and Last Crusade. Like, Mm -hmm. Like even his arms, like just gestures that, people like me and Ellen will recognize uh-huh. instantly. Wow. So that was interesting. It's strange. Um, the, the movie is entirely fan service. I don't mind that. Yeah. It's, it's called Indiana Jones sure. and the Dial of Destiny. But at least Shia Please LaBeouf is not service. in it, and it's not as CG and green screeny as yeah. the last one. Phoebe Waller-Bridge is the, she's great. Is, is the new Shia LaBeouf, and she's a massive improvement. Yeah. Well, and to be clear, I wasn't talking about Raiders of the Lost Ark when I uh, was talking about people fucking with perfection. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. Of course That's not. That's not the franchise I was alluding to. But it is. Um, oh, I was just going to say the whole rebooting situation. I think we have a little bit of a lag. There's the rebooting situation of just like, why? Are, do, I get it. It's like a, a property that's people recognize, so they'll go see it, so you will make money. But you're just like fucking with the memories of the true thing, like Jurassic Park. Unless you're rebooting heart to heart, Joe. Correct. Yeah, totally. Shut up, Joe. What are you saying? God damn it. That's definitely true. That would be way better. This is actually a callback. I was hoping that you were going to say that one of the things that they clearly used for Harrison Ford's facial CGI was um, the lunch packing scene from Working Girl. (laughs) (laughs) They probably did. It's the Are You My Mother reading scene from Regarding Henry. It's, it's all entirely. It's just they just edited Regarding Henry into this movie. They definitely fed that into the. Are You the My Mother? All the stress scenes from Presumed Innocent. Yeah. It was like when at the end of uh, Rogue One, when Princess Leia turns around and it's like a really yeah. strange looking version of Carrie Fisher. It's but, but like, what? For 20 minutes. But for a long, longer, they really, yeah. they were overconfident on it. And it's yeah. also a scene that just doesn't really propel the movie forward, doesn't okay. really need to exist. But I mean, is the real question just because you can? Yeah. Should you? Right. I that is the real question. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't think you should. I just, I enjoyed it. That's all I'll say about it. I yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah, it was fun. I was expecting to be mad. It's a fun summer theater <laughs> <was> movie. <laughs> yeah. Have either of you, uh, made anything with ai around heart to heart no i don't i don't i don't use ai for anything (laughs) as of now that you know of deliberately we did do the the pink lotion costume uh brainstorm using ai (laughs) and that's as close as i've ever been to Uh yeah that got really freaky that got real freaky (laughs) (laughs) we could ar our faces onto characters from from heart to heart though true all right. Is dibs, it- on, dibs on freeway. Dibs- <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. With a croquet ball in your mouth. <laughs> I, again, croquet balls are heavy. That just made me think like, you're those strong. Aren't, you're those strong, are not, boy. Those aren't championship uh, level, like what's the word, tournament. Okay. Oh. <laughs> they're, they're like wood balls. <laughs> you're probably right. Yeah. They were practicing. Those were practice balls. Well, is it time to bring out Memnock the wheel and see who the <laughs> next heart girl is? Yeah. Before we do, oh let me just gosh. peruse my notes and see what else, if I had anything else. And everyone wait while I do that. Yes. And don't talk about anything. I'm not editing this out. <laughs> <laughs> I want the listener to know what we have to go through to get this golden content. I know we it. talked about this last time, but Nicholas Nick Nick Rhodes outfits, uh his little romper like shorts, romper unzipped to the navel, picking <laughs> flowers at the beginning, and the way he holds one of his men of henches. Oh, is it? Is it a cabana? Mm-hmm. He holds his men of henches throat for a really long time and it's just like there's a lot of like I don't know what they were doing with that that those I think it was like they were trying to make him they were doing that villain thing where like they show him doing things that are not villainous to make him seem more villainous or something. I don't know. It was really funny. But I I got a chuckle of him, you know, picking flowers in his uh in his little peekaboo cabana outfit. <laughs> yeah. With talking to his henchmen like, Well, we're gonna murder her. 
Murder? Yep, murder. I'm ready to murder her. And then he hands flowers <laughs> to snip, the blonde snip, woman in the pool, snip, and snip. she's just like, Peace. And she's constantly just lounging in the background of that pool every shot. That's like so Miss Tessbacher. So like <laughs> she doesn't she doesn't give a fuck as long as there's a pool to lounge at. So Marty Augustine's girlfriend in the long goodbye. Like it's it's such a funny trope of like the the villain's girlfriend. Yeah. I, don't, I don't I don't mind hearing about murder all day. <laughs> I like flowers. I like flowers. <laughs> and and I'm in a pool. She's yeah. thinking it. You guys, I'm sorry to burst the bubble. She's thinking about her real boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. Um that's probably true. I noticed because I know that there was a lot of enthusiasm for the outfits, Nick Rhodes outfits, mm-hmm. um, last time and just Nick Rhodes in general, right? But um from the two of you, but I noticed this time <laughs> that the way that his sweater is tied over his shoulder, yeah, is a real intense style move. It's like, like that's off a bold shoulder, choice right? where it's off the shoulder, but it's tied tightly, and it's like ah, mm-hmm. layers, interesting, literally <laughs> yeah. layers, but also, but in layers. like an evening gown kind of way. Yeah, <laughs> it's really interesting. For me, of it's just character. nice to know that even when you're running a syndicate or trying to claw your way to the top of the syndicate. That you know, you still care. Yeah, yeah, totally. Still care about fashion. All right. Okay. Wheel it's wheel time. time. What heart to heart girl will we be watching next? Celebrating. Celebrating. Here we go. <gasps> oh my god, Scotty. Scotty. <laughs> Scotty. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. So, listeners, we are. <laughs> <laughs> going to what is that is it season two i don't know season two or season three hold on i'm fine i it. hope the wheel saves our best for yeah. last peggy and karen are i think our tops and robin robin uh listeners season two episode 17 the latest in high fashion murder yes uh after a young model is killed at a fashion party <laughs> Jen- <laughs> <laughs> sorry Jennifer and Jonathan agree to pose for a fashion shoot that leads to another murder. That's the funniest sentence. Surprise, surprise. After a young girl, after a young model is killed at a fashion party, Jennifer and Jonathan agree to pose for a fashion shoot that leads to another murder. Uh, but Jennifer may have been the intended victim. Ooh, ooh. I don't know if they had me at killed or at fashion party. <laughs> it's a tie. I'll just, I just know that you had me at Lois Child's. Who plays Scotty? <laughs> Scotty, pandemic Scotty, pandemic Scotty, um, and real Scotty. I'm just glad that I don't have to read the descriptions anymore. It's fun <laughs> to listen to you read the descriptions. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. And with that, listener, thank you, thank you for hanging out with us. Uh, please watch the latest in high, high fashion murder again. Most likely, uh, it's you know you know the deal. North America, it's on Amazon Prime. Yeah. Um, it's also just Google Google that title and it'll pop up on your Google and it you can went, watch it anywhere you want. It went on to, if I feel this bears repeating, it went on to Amazon Prime the minute we finished the original run of Heart to Heart podcasting. Quite true. This doesn't seem, it seems like a fact I'm making up that I, uh, <laughs> I like checked and, multi- and checked multiple times. The minute I checked during the recording, while we were recording, and it wasn't on Amazon Prime. And then I checked the minute we ended recording that episode and it was on Amazon Prime. Amazing. It's fucking crazy. I mean, I'm I'm grateful that it's available more readily. The Lord works in mysterious ways. Um, but also, Me too. Oh, yeah. Because the entire podcast is still out there. Should mm. people care to listen along? Yeah. yeah. If you're and new to the podcast will. and you're starting here, Don't welcome. listen to this. And I'm sorry. What did you just do? <laughs> uh but yeah all of it every episode we've watched and discussed every single episode and then we recapped every season because that's what we do yeah um so please go back and check it all out uh, forgive me for my drunken slurring uh occasionally assholeish behavior particularly in season three <laughs> uh i made a change of heart in season four um <laughs> and do you want to talk to us about any of it uh, please write to us at itwasmurderpod at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at itwasmurderpod. Uh, rate and review us wherever you're listening to this. If you give us five stars and write a nice review, it helps other people who might be like you. Who are like I like hearing about other people talk about heart to heart. It helps them find us. 
Um, let us and, know if you would use a gun or a knife to murder your your mark. And yeah, and let us know if your murder weapon is decided case by case or daily or if it's pers- just entirely personal choice. And if we have any nun listeners, please let us know everything, all the stuff we got wrong about your lifestyle. Yeah, can you drink? Can you wear makeup? Yeah. And- Do you wear a bra? <laughs> And sorry in advance. And apologies. <laughs> yeah, uh, sorry. We, and I, I, I respect you yeah, if yeah. you are doing work or not. Or not. Or contemplative. Uh, because that's cool. Mm. This, we're kind of a contemplative order. <laughs> we are a contemplative. Some, well, some of it's cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. All of it. Yeah. Stop, stop <laughs> hitting whole, my mom. Not the shaming hell part. Um, <laughs> yeah. Don't do that anymore, don't please. Don't do that anymore. It's old. Can you cut that out? <laughs> it's literally medieval. <laughs> uh, that's it. That's all. That's all. We did it. We'll see you next week when we talk about Lois Childs as Scotty. We love you, MB. We love MB. Um, we love you, listeners. I love mm. both of you. And Aww. I also love Freeway, who can carry a whole croquet ball. Good night, Freeway. <laughs> Good night, Freeway. Good night, Freeway. My name is-